Hello, beautiful people. This is Catherine LaRanger with My Dead Dragon, and I am really excited to be in conversation today with Namisha Mehta. And Namisha is an empowerment and transformational coach who is dedicated to supporting her clients through their journeys of being aware of and unlocking their limitless inner power. She helps her clients transform their lives by changing their old mindset and programming to help clear blocks related to self-belief, love, business, and money. Namisha uses coaching tools as well as an innate sense of intuition to help her clients work through any conditioning, limiting beliefs, or paradigms that may be hindering their path to a life of fulfillment they would like to manifest. So welcome, Namisha. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Uh, we've been kind of in communications for, for a while now, and I'm really curious to, to hear your journey, your story, and, and what those challenges and learnings have been for you in this process of awakening. So, so I wonder if you could start us off by sharing a little bit about your story. Thank you, Catherine. And I am truly thrilled to be here with you. Uh, we met in a clubhouse room, and I think ever since I've had this connection with you. And it's, I think you, it was a beautiful room, I remember. And you helped me through, you know, a barrier that I couldn't get past. It was just truly really magical. I really Yay. just, I remember that room very vividly. And I talk about that room to people and say, you know, just universal, just it, the universe just allowed me to be in this room where, you know, it was just me. And it was like a coaching session. So I loved yeah. it. So thank you. Oh, I my truly honor, my that. honor, my honor. <laughs> it was amazing. And yeah, I, I you know, my journey um, is is interesting <laughs> is the word that I air, really air use. quotes. <laughs> yes, very interesting. Uh, I'm I was born in Tanzania in East Africa. Mm -hmm. And I spent my childhood there. But uh, I was sent to England for high school. Mm -hmm. And so there was such a huge culture sort of yeah. uh, difference. And um, I, I truly did at the age of 13, I was I truly did get a culture shock of my life. Mm -hmm. And things really just changed for me then back then. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of, that's when the paradigms came in. That's when the limiting beliefs came in. That's when a lot of my being that was being formed, you know, slowly anyway, mm -hmm. uh, changed mm -hmm. into, I was a very confident child mm -hmm. and it changed into this very submissive type. Like I have to get uh -huh. used to this new process and this new country and this new yeah. And new people that I was living with my uncle and aunt at the time, and mm -hmm. it wasn't my home. You know, it wasn't at the at the age of thirteen. You know, you just kind of can't just go up to your you know, you can go up to your parents and be like, I want a bike, you know, or yeah. I, I want this for my birthday, or I, I yeah. couldn't do that. You know, I was in somebody else's home, and you know, I had chores to do. Mm. And at the age of 13, and I came from a place where, you know, I, you know, we had maids and drivers and, mm. and came to England and it was winter for the first time. <laughs> what is this so winter thing? <laughs> it was, it completely changed me, I think, as a person. And that's where, yeah. you know, I think my journey began of, yeah. of just not having a lot of belief in who I was anymore. Mm. And so, and then slowly I came to, you know, be my parents 
migrated to, to Canada, immigrated. And so I came there with them and uh, we didn't have a lot of, we had financial difficulties. So I had to stop school and university had dropped out and I started working because we had to, you know, for the household. Yeah. So I had to help do that. So I became an adult at a very young age at like 16 or 17. Mm. And things just got really, things just got away from me in terms of who I was. Mm. Um, the confidence and the, yeah. you know, uh, the parenting was very different. I come from a culture where, you know, boys are sort of uh, better than girls. And, and so mm. I was told that. And I think that the, the me that was coming out of that was, I think, the ideal me, the higher self was just being squashed, you know, again and again, just being squashed with every incident. So, yeah, so I started like that. And then, you know, you you go through relationships after that because you're at that age and you look for people who sort of try to fulfill that need, you know. Mm. And so I became codependent Mm. and I became this people pleaser and this needy sort of um, person that needed people to love her. The, the outside validation was more important than I didn't have any of my own validation. Yeah, yeah. And so, and then I got hit with a health thing. I, I was diagnosed with uh, chronic kidney disease at the age uh, of like 26, 27. Mm-hmm. And that was the biggest shock of my life. And then um, they gave me medication and both of my hips collapsed. Wow. So I was now on disability. Yeah. So, Everything was just like, what do I do now? So, so, uh, so interesting, right? That you mentioned along the way you felt like the you that was seeking to emerge kept collapsing. Yes. Collapsing until your hips literally, your physical body literally collapsed. Yes. Yes. Physically, this happened to me. Yeah, and this yeah. is why I tell people when, whenever I talk about mindset, I'm like, just be very careful about what you're mm-hmm. thinking. Make mm-hmm. note of what you're thinking throughout the day. Maybe mm-hmm. do check-ins of what you're thinking mm-hmm. because it, it has physical manifestations. Yeah, You know, yeah. the way you're feeling inside, your yeah. inside has to match the outside. And if it's yes. not, these things show up for you. And I I'm a hundred percent sure that this is yeah. mindset related, you know, the chronic kidney disease. Mm-hmm. They still can't figure out the doctors have tried to figure out why I had kidney disease because mm-hmm. none of my family members have it. I don't have a history. Mm-hmm. I, it just happened. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I truly think it's because I was squashing everything inside and yeah. just like, and so I am a big believer of this stuff can really manifest. Mm-hmm. So be truly careful of your mindset and how you're, you're forming it and what you're thinking. So yeah, it started with that. And then I was completely dependent in every way possible with, you know, everything with, uh, on other people. Yeah. So for years I had no career. I just kept hobbling on, you know, with depending on other people and getting validation from other people. Hmm. And then 2020 came and the pandemic came and then I was deemed the high risk category. Hmm. And then I was just in jail. You know, I was like, Oh my God, I can't do anything. I can't go anywhere. Hmm. And before I would have these issues come up in me and I would just run away from them by just calling up a friend and being like, Hey, can we meet for tea or something? And it would go away because I felt better. 
Yeah. I wouldn't voice my problems, by the way. Yeah. I would just laugh, yeah. you know, with the friend yeah. and it would go yeah. away. I wouldn't yeah. ever voice my problems because those yeah. problems we brush under the carpet. That's what yeah. I've been taught. Yeah. Um, but the pandemic really hit me. It really just everything yeah. inside of me was just like nowhere screaming. To nowhere to go. No distractions, right? You can't. And so the demons were coming out and screaming, mm. you know, and so it had to, everything had to collapse again and that's when i found that that courage inside of me to be like you know what i didn't come this far to just come this far mm-hmm. this is not this has to change yeah uh, it was either that or just like that's it yeah misery yeah and yeah. i i i hated being miserable i'm usually a very optimistic positive person so i hated it and so that's it. You know, I got up and I picked the first course that I could. I researched, you know, and, and I, I actually researched counseling, not coaching. Yeah, yeah. Um, but coaching just kept coming up. And I, I thought coaching was like, you know, a team, you know, yeah, your baseball team coach, <laughs> like a soccer coach. Yeah. And this as a coaching of what, what, what is it? Yeah. So I investigated very little. And then the first course I found, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. And I did. I just signed up. The first lady that I spoke to was very kind. And and she said, this is going to work for you. And I said, I believe you. So I did. (laughs) I just went for it. (gasps) And so I did. I took that leap of faith. I literally jumped. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And I had to work on myself. Like tremendously. Every single paradigm had to be broken. I'm still breaking the paradigms. Yeah. It's an ongoing process. Yeah. But that's where I am now. <laughs> wow. So, so much to unpack there. Yeah. Right? So, much, so much to unpack there. And and I love that you have this recognition of yeah. the pattern, right? This, yes. this pattern of, and, and, and really this is the theme of the podcast, My Dead Dragon, is where we are in patterns of maybe giving not giving up on ourselves but not backing ourselves patterns of um, putting ourselves in that subservient role patterns of not feeling like what we want out of life matters or that we're worth it or deserving of it patterns that don't serve us anymore and then we get to this point right and 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 we were talking a little bit about this before the recording that the universe whispers to us right? We get those whispers of discontent, those whispers, those feelings of like, hmm, something's not quite right here. This yeah. isn't working for me. Maybe aches, pains, uh, you know, headaches, depression, anxiety. And when we ignore the whispers, it turns up the volume. <laughs> it turns yeah. up the volume. And so was there a was there a moment for you, Namisha, I'm curious, where you're like, oh, it, it was that, you know, can you kind of point your finger on a moment and say that was the moment when I realized that was kind of that final straw? Or was it a series of moments? I think for me, it was a series of moments that were building, building, mm-hmm. building. And I think it happened, I'm going to say about four or five years ago. You know, yeah. it just kept building, like you said, you know, the whispers, mm-hmm. and they kept getting louder, but I wasn't listening to my intuition. And I'm a very intuitive person, it seems. Uh, now I've discovered. Yeah. <laughs> back then, I thought it was just, uh, you know, just it, it's just a thought. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And that something's not right, that this is not right. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember that moment when I felt like um, there was one moment, it was, this was last summer, where I felt like, you know what, if I wasn't here anymore, I don't think it would make a difference to anyone. Mm-hmm. It was a really dark moment in my life mm-hmm. where I felt like if I was to disappear, mm-hmm nobody would care and i know that's not true yeah but in that moment i felt like i wasn't contributing anything to anyone's life mm. so i and i and i felt that way because when i looked in the mirror i felt like i wasn't doing anything for myself mm-hmm. i think that's what it was yeah. it wasn't about somebody else it was about yeah. what am i what am i doing for me mm-hmm. and that was zero mm. so i think i came to that realization last summer where there was that one you know dark moment where I thought, mm-hmm. if I just wasn't here anymore, mm-hmm. would it make a difference? And so I wanted to change that. I wanted yeah. to change that thought and say, if I can make an impact on my own life, forget about everybody else that comes later, mm-hmm. but on yeah. my own life, then that's a success for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's you know such a powerful point. And I think that so often, you know, there can be a tendency for for people, women especially, to really give up themselves and be so focused on giving, 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 yeah. doing, doing, doing for everybody else that we forget to actually fill our cup up first. And and I, I, I don't know if this is where it originated, but I first heard it in a, a talk by Lisa Nichols. And she talks about, you don't give from your cup, you actually fill your cup to overflowing and you give from your saucer. Ooh, right? Great. Oh, I my know. God. That's I'm going to start using that. Oh, that's yeah. so great. Yeah. And when, I love that. when we're giving, 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 we're giving yeah. from our cup and it's empty. There's nothing there. And so, of course, we feel like, well, why am I here? Yeah. What oh, does I it love matter? that, Catherine. Oh, yay. Love it. Yay. It's brilliant. It's yeah. so true, though. You know, some of us just... It's, it's sad. It is. Mm-hmm. It's a sad reality. Mm-hmm. And this is why we're coaches, because I, I would love for someone to come to me with an empty cup and walk away with knowing that they've filled their cup. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. what, that's what it's about because I've yeah. done it. Yeah. You've done it. Yeah. So I want to spread that everywhere. Yeah. But it begins with you. It always, everything begins with you. Mm-hmm. And even in a relationship, you know, a lot of people feel that in a relationship, uh, we, the way I've always viewed relationships is that compromise, mm-hmm. is that, oh, but you know what? Everything else works. So this one thing doesn't work. Um, that's a problem. You know, yeah. that's you just settled. Yeah. Uh, so to deserve what you really deserve, mm-hmm. but to get there, I need to understand what I deserve. Yeah. And when yeah. your whole life you're told what you, how about this, what you're, what you don't deserve yeah. <laughs> and you accepting yeah. that yeah. is the problem yeah. is that, oh, but you don't deserve that. Yeah. You know, and that even, even the inside, the inner critic says that to you every day, you know, where you want to start your own business. Well, who's going to give you the loan? Mm, who's gonna mm. who, like just think about it you know yeah. you're saying that to yourself it's not really you it, yeah. it isn't yeah it, they're trying to protect you these things these feelings 
But I, we have to get to a point where my higher self says, do you even know who I am? That's what I say to one of my friends is that because she always is like, what do you do when the gremlin shows up and says, you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. And I say, I look at the gremlin in the eye, probably in the mirror and say, do you have any idea who I am? Mm. How much power I hold inside of me? If you did, you wouldn't be talking to me. Wow. That's what I use. Wow. It's that power that I have inside of me to have anything I want. Yeah. If I wanted it. Yeah. If it's truly aligned. And so, exactly. How did you come to the point where you were connected to that point of power within? It's, I got to that point with so much, um, I, I needed to know. And my friends are amazing. Truly, you have to have a beautiful circle around you. And I'm truly, truly blessed to have that, to have people around me who said, uh, I, when I said I wanted to start a business and they're like, uh, yeah, you do. Oh, yeah, you yeah, do. You, do. <laughs> you know, I had people just backing yeah. me uh, yeah. every step of the way. And I think it was the universe that said, oh, okay, so you've decided. Mm-hmm. All right, here you go. The doors are open. Yeah. But I needed to decide. Yeah. So that decision was really pivotal for me. Yeah. And that's where the power came in, where, you know, that moment when I told you that that was that dark moment where I thought, if I didn't exist, what would happen? Mm-hmm. The second thought after that, or the thought of me picking myself up and rising was that, why would I not exist? Mm-hmm. I'm the best thing that's happened. Oh, wow. And the best thing that's happened to me and to everyone else. Yeah. They're, they're lucky to have me in their life. They have the privilege of having me in their life. I'm loyal. I'm kind. I'm dedicated. And I'm a good person. So that's what, just what the... Was, what was that voice? Who was that voice? Was that a voice you'd heard from before? No, I think that was the voice of that girl that kept being squashed Mm. throughout my whole life. I just didn't let her speak. Mm. I never let her speak. But she spoke to other people, by the way. She Mm. gave other people fantastic advice. And, you know, she encouraged them. And she's because this is who I am. And I'm I'm an encourager in my in my personal life as well. I'm not just an empowerment coach. I'm an empowering person. Yeah. (laughs) But she wasn't allowed to speak to me that way. Mm. And so finally, in that moment where I was in that hole, Mm. she finally got to speak because she's Mm. like, oh, she's listening to everyone now. (laughs) So, you know, so let me speak up and see if she listens to me. And I did. I did listen to her. And so that's the thing. You see that picture behind me? I, I noticed that. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. That's why I bought that picture. That's the first purchase I made. Hmm. after realization is that there was that wonder woman inside of me Hmm. that was, and there was the little girl who felt like a wonder woman and Hmm. could fight anyone and anything Hmm. and could slay dragons. (laughs) And she just was getting squashed, unfortunately. And I was squashing her. Nobody else was. I was. Yeah. That's a, that's a powerful realization to to come yeah. to that oh it was actually me yeah. right and and so how do you when you when you because truly we create our own lives and and we all run a pattern and when we wake up to the pattern and realize like oh i was the one who was running that pattern so 
in in that moment and the moments that come after that, how do you hold yourself with self-compassion? I think every single day that I go through life where I feel like I lost time, Mm. you know, that's a big one for me. Mm. I lost time or I could have, should have, all of that Mm. comes in. Every time a thought like that even enters my mind, I I immediately become aware of it. Mm. And it takes practice for me to do that. It took practice. And if I wasn't aware of it, it would run its course and just, yeah. you know, the train yeah. would begin. And it's God there knows, anyway. It's there God knows anyway. what destination yeah. that train is going to land at. <laughs> so that was not a very good idea. So I think I, I, I did that for myself. I said, every time you're going to get a thought that is not empowering, mm. you are going to recognize it and be aware of it. And then we'll deal with it. Where is it coming from? Where is it going? Why is it here? Is it because of something that's happening now or the past or whatever? Mm. But that thought needed to be caught Mm. in its tracks. Yes, right? The the first step really truly is the awareness and the noticing because we are running a pattern. Those thoughts are happening anyway. It's just yeah. that they're so often in our, our unconscious or subconscious that we don't even know it. Exactly. And the subconscious is, it's um, now that, you know, Bob Proctor <laughs> has taught me. I love him, by the way. Um, he's taught me that the subconscious, it, it will take anything you give it. Anything you give it, it will take it. Whereas our the, the conscious mind, you know, we are aware of the things that are going in and sort of like, oh, well, I don't want this. You know, when you meet someone who's negative, you're like, oh, I don't want to deal with this right now. Uh, it says to your conscious mind, but the subconscious is anything that you are thinking or doing or it's all going into the mind. So I keep feeding it mm. thoughts throughout the day. Yeah, um, I keep feeding it music or just, mm-hmm. you know, um, this picture is up there for that reason, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, subconsciously it's feeding me that image mm-hmm. and I feed my subconscious the thoughts of power, mm-hmm. pure power, just the light that I am, mm-hmm. the light that I shine. Mm-hmm. And then I feed it thoughts of, wait, if I'm the light, everybody else is as well. So why yeah. can't they shine? And so that goes into my coaching and I'm like, you're a light. Yeah, I don't care what your paradigms are. We'll get yeah. there, but yeah. you are a light. Yeah, yeah. And so that's where it comes from. But keep mm. feeding it, just again and again, and it takes practice, of course. Yeah. Eventually, you won't have to feed it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it's all gonna be in there. Yeah, but because it's been years of conditioning, right? Yeah, of other people telling us you can't do that. Mm-hmm. That person can, but you can't. Mm-hmm. You don't have it in you. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, you know, in my childhood where I used to be told things like, I used to be a really clumsy uh, child. And so anytime, you know, when you have guests over or something and you take like a tray of water for them or whatever, it happens in Indian households where you're told to do this. And yeah. I would drop it, mm-hmm. you know, because I just had butterfingers or whatever you want to call it. And I remember one of my aunts used to say, she's got broken hands, you know, mm, she can't wow. do that. She's got, so things like, like really yeah. harmful. This is yeah. stuff that's going in a kid's head. Like I've yeah. got, so now every time, even today as an adult, every time I have to, you know, if someone's over or whatever, and I have a tray of tea or something that I still had get that thought like, oh, can you do it? Mm. Will you drop it? 
Mm. You know, and that's a paradigm that is built mm. since then. Yeah. Uh, she's not here to tell me that. Yeah. But I've put it in my head. Yeah. And I and I love that the recognition and then also that that we all have those voices and we as we bring them into awareness then we can actually replace them with more empowering thoughts and that it it's possible and yeah. it it just takes repetition and time. Yes. That's it. It just takes time and repetition. Yeah. And kindness. That little yeah. girl. You yeah. know, I just, I see her. I do now, you know, and I have so much compassion and love for her. Mm. And I give her every morning I wake up, she wakes up with me and she says, mm. what are we doing today? Oh, fun. Every morning so she fun. wakes up. She's like, what are we doing today? Mm. And I give that to her, whatever she wants to do. If she wants to dance, I give it to her. If she wants to sing, I give it to her. Mm. Um, and, you know, and when she's happy, I'm truly radiating with joy mm. because it's, it's me. She's yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. So that, she's helping a lot. <laughs> yeah, that um, yeah, the the inner child work is so uh, yeah. can be so helpful, right? To really connect with those parts of ourselves and then bring yeah. them into the light and into our life and and the play yeah. and the joy and the fun and all of that that comes with it. Yeah, yeah, and you protect it. You you yeah. you're. And you know, I do apologize to her all the time. I'm like, I'm sorry that I didn't protect you. Mm. that I that I let things happen the way they did yeah but then she has a lot of compassion for me too <laughs> she says that's okay let's go play <laughs> so, it's great yeah. it really is that relationship but that really is my higher self you know mm. she's the one I was squashing mm. and she comes in every age you know yeah. she comes in every single form yeah she's been there all along Exactly. Yeah, she's and she's that, the light. <laughs> yeah, she's that infinite part of you, the part of you connected to source. It's so true. And that's the power. It's mm. there is so much power in that, in knowing that you have that inside of you. Mm -hmm. I remember talking to one of my friends the other day and I was like, Did you know that you're God? And she's like, seriously, Mimi. I'm like, <laughs> You are God. You're made yeah. every single, you know, every single religion says you're made in the likeness of God. What does that mean? Yeah. I'm like, break it down. What does that mean? That means you're God. Yeah. I don't mean it in a let's pray to me kind of sense, not in a narcissistic yeah. type of way. Yeah. But, you know, if you believe that you have the light of God mm -hmm. and that the day that you are free of all of this, you're going to just immerse into that. Us. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything you can't do? God can click and, you know, magic. It's appearing. Yeah. Why can't you do that? just find it inside of you. Yeah. And I, I know that to be true as well, that we are all expressions of the divine in whatever language you use to describe that, that it really, our life, your life really is that, that sacredness that's expressing its divinity, yes. expressing through you. And it's that light, it's that love that's expressing through you. And so your dreams, your desires, your your wishes, how you want to experience this life, that is God itself. And, yeah. and really, you know, for people listening, I would invite you to really just pause for a moment and, and let that sink in. 
that this dream that you have, or this, this, you know, I would love to experience this or, or go there or do that, or this is my vision for my life, that that is the infinite seeking life and expression through you. Yeah. And that you're resourced and you're supported by that same power. Yeah. Yeah. And you signed up for it. We yes. signed up for this, you yes. know? Yes. So I, I want to live this life, the 3D and the 5D and the everything. All the Ds. <laughs> all the Ds. Let's experience it all. This yeah. is why, you know, when people, uh, you know, when people feel like hurt because mm-hmm. someone didn't choose them mm-hmm. or validation, you know, outside validation hurts when you don't get that mm-hmm. um, same sort of reciprocal uh, energy back and you're just like, oh, why don't they love me? Why don't they like me? Mm-hmm. Uh, am, am I not enough for them? Um, it's because that person is going through something that they don't see your light. Mm-hmm. It's not that your light isn't bright. Mm-hmm. It's just that they don't see it. Mm-hmm. So it's almost as if you're taking the blame of what they can't see. Yeah. You know, it's- if they're wearing purple glasses and they see the sky as purple and you see it as blue, are you going to say, oh, but this is my fault? Yeah, exactly. Of course not. <laughs> you're going to say, exactly. oh, you're wearing purple glasses, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course we see different colors. But in this sense, we, we don't acknowledge the fact that well, that's fine. They have a choice. Mm-hmm. No, they, they have a choice not to see my light. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, but we end up thinking, well, you know, I must not be bright enough. Yeah. We make it about ourselves when often it's, it's not at all. So not only are we worried about our own paradigms, yeah. and, you know, limiting release. Now we're taking other people's stuff into <laughs> our life and being like, well, I must not be so great. Even after you've accomplish so much and someone, you know, you get some kind of rejection from work or, Mm. you know, wherever you feel like, oh, I must not be good enough. Mm. Says who? According Mm. to whom? Yeah. And according to what? Exactly. Yeah. And so, and that's when the power comes in you, your, your recognition of your own power. Yeah. And trust me, when you have that recognition, other people start recognizing it. They can't help, but not. Yeah. They resonate. Yeah. It's that energy you give off. It's like when that gremlin shows up for me and I'm just like, do you have any idea who I am? (laughs) Who do you think you're talking to? You have no idea who I am. You know, it's Uh, like, you know, it's like I would burn you, but I'm having pity on you. (laughs) But so, so you Uh, become that and you embody that and and you walk around like that. And trust me, they see it. They feel it. Yeah. And uh, they get attracted to it. Like you and I were attracted to each other because mm-hmm. we see that light inside of each yeah. other. Yeah. Because we've already worked on our, on our, um, you know, inner sort of uh, the, the, the negativities that come up and the disempowering thoughts, mm-hmm. I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's okay. We all have them. Mm-hmm. I used to think the age thing was a problem, you know, mm-hmm. that, oh, I wish I started this earlier but I wasn't ready yeah right and how amazing it feels to relax into knowing that you're at the right and perfect place and the right and perfect time yeah I turned 40 this year and oh happy birthday thank you (laughs) and I'm so grateful I really am because I have friends that didn't make it that far yeah so I think of it that way not that it's pretty late for me Mm -hmm. it's never late 
Yeah. And so yeah, I, if there's anyone thinking out there, it's late. It is it's never yeah. late. Ever. And, and what if, what if everything that happened in your life up until this point was actually necessary to get you here? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, like how good does that feel? Ah, it's it's right. gold. It's I, gold. I didn't, you know, there were no m huge mistakes. I'm not too late. I'm not off my plan. I'm not off oh. track. Like I'm actually right yeah. exactly where I should be right now. And I, and I just said gold, but think about it. How do you make gold? Yeah. You burn it, away the bits that, yeah. Are, are we going to wear that, that, that piece of whatever rock or whatever that comes, you know, yeah, the ore. Are we, yeah. Are we going to wear that? Probably not. We're not going to find that very fancy. We're just yeah. going to say, what <laughs> is this rock? Yeah. Um, geologists maybe would find that very fancy, but not <laughs> us as people, but we love gold, you know, mm -hmm. it's beautiful. But the fact that we love it so much is because it went through so much of the fire that it had to go through. Mm. But we're not okay with going through the fire because we're like, oh, a fire, no. But you're learning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, mm. and I just still believe that we signed up for it. Yeah, I believe that too. Uh, well, I, I actually know that. I yeah. know that within every fiber of my being. And so, yeah. so Namishi, you mentioned Bob Proctor. And so we've, <laughs> we were kind of chatting a little bit before the show. Um, one of my teachers and mentors is, is one of his friends, Mary Morrissey. And so we have yeah. a shared language and, and understanding of that. And I'm wondering if you could share with me a little bit about the role that guides and mentors played for you yes. and, and how they still play that for you or if they still play a role for you. Yeah, thank you for asking that. I love Bob Proctor and <laughs> I, I'm doing the course with him and I'm extremely grateful for having that in my life. I found the secret when I was going through the health stuff mm -hmm. and I read the book and I, I saw the video and that's where I saw Bob Proctor yeah. and I got introduced to that concept and I, and I used it, I used mm -hmm. it for my life. But I used it in only one part of my life, which is my health. Mm. And so I used the mentorship that those guys were giving me, you know, and the secret and, you know, all of the, the videos that I kept watching of Bob Proctor. I just resonated with him. And then Wayne Dyer came in and then, yeah. you know, and then you yeah. just go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. And it's beautiful. <laughs> and here <laughs> but, you are on a podcast. <laughs> and here I am on a podcast. <laughs> But that's what happened, you know, yeah. that I used it, but I used it in only one part of my life. Mm. So it's that universe sort of being like, uh, um, hello, we gave this resource to you for your full life, not for just a section of your life. Yeah. And so they were probably up there thinking, what is wrong with her? <laughs> so they, they had to really drill it for me because I found it you know, 10 years ago, yeah. I just didn't apply it to everything. I only applied to applied it to one part of my life. Yeah. Yeah. So, and now today is when I, when I, when I seriously am dedicated and seeking all of these mentors. Mm -hmm. So Bob Proctor is a big one, you mm -hmm. know, Wayne Dyer yeah. was also someone that I followed um, and, you know, listened to. And yeah. those two, I think had it just got me through a lot of it. And now I'm being introduced to some, some lovely ones as well. Yeah. But uh, this is very recent, you know, six, seven months. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I have amazing friends who recommend these wonderful mentors as well. So that's where it started. But yes, 
The Secret, Bob Proctor, and mm. Wayne Dyer. Yeah. That's where it started for me. And and I think that's so important for people to know that it's it's one of the most powerful ways to shift a paradigm and those limiting beliefs is to be in that structure of support. And, and Amisha, you also mentioned getting into coaching yourself. And for people who maybe haven't found that right fit for themselves yet, they're, they're not quite sure what that might look like. You can actually start with the people who are on YouTube, right? You can, you can, in your mind, tell yourself, Bob Proctor is my mentor. Wayne Dwyer, Dyer, Dwyer, I always mix up his name, (laughs) Dyer is my mentor, right? You can actually make that decision in your mind and start to read and listen to, and that will start to shift things for you. Yes, I agree. But also implement it. Don't yes. just listen and then just say, oh, that was lovely. Yeah. yeah <laughs> because, back to, yeah, that's, yeah. And, and, and we do that, don't yeah. we? I did yeah. it. Yeah. I did yeah. it. I know many people that still do it. Yeah. And uh, if we don't yeah. implement it, uh, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, as Joey calls it, it's a moot point. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, my mentor, my teacher and mentor, Mary Morrissey, says inspiration yeah. without action is just Mm -hmm. entertainment. And so this is, you know, this is one of those danger zone areas where we can fool ourselves into thinking that we're taking action because we, you know, watch a, watch a YouTube video, we go to a seminar, we read a book, we feel inspired, but then we don't take action. So it's the action that is actually critical for the transformation. And it's also the action. And you talked about this in, in when you made that decision, okay, I'm deciding, I'm deciding, yeah. I'm taking action. So it's yes. the action in the absence of knowing how it's going to work out that that actually starts to move molecules around you. That's when you start to activate the laws of the universe in your support. Yeah. And by the way, I am living proof of the fact that I had no idea how. Yeah. No clue how. Yeah. I just decided. I had yeah. no idea how, but yeah. I had so much faith yeah. in the fact that it will happen for me, mm. that the universe is ready to give me what I want. And so, so I didn't, and maybe I'm not a logical person. That also yeah, helps that okay. my mind doesn't think logic. My mind just yeah, thinks, yeah. you know, uh, outside of logic. So yeah. that also helps. A logical person would have trouble being like, well, what do you mean? Don't think how? Well, like, of yeah. course you have to think. How. Yeah. So yeah. I get that. I get that yeah. part of, you know, life as well. But yeah. suspending that, yeah. just the thought of, I have no idea how, but yeah. you're going to make this happen for me. I'm going to yeah. take action right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the action is the critical piece, yeah. right? And that, and that, I, I have a very logical brain, so I, I, my brain is definitely patterned to go to the how and trying to figure it out. And well, how do we operationalize this? And let's make a Gantt chart and let's do a spreadsheet. And yeah. that's what my brain wants to do. And so, our, our, that's the conscious mind. Right. That's the conscious mind. And and Namisha, you talked about the the power of the subconscious mind is actually where that's where we want to get in and make the shifts because that's what's actually running the bus. Yeah. 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 I I literally look in the mirror and I'm like, there's no one better than me out there to do this, whatever it is. Yeah. So I mean, 
Yeah. Why me? Why not me? It has yeah. to be me. Yeah. And that's where it begins. And and, yeah. and failure, that's fine. I, I'm totally 100% okay with failure yeah. because there must be a reason it's there. Maybe I just yeah. didn't, you know, put in a hundred. When I fail, I ask myself one question. Mm-hmm. Did I really put in a hundred percent? Mm. like completely dedicated myself to this usually the answer is not really mm-hmm. yeah and if it is yes then it's not a failure yeah and and i believe that failure is not falling down it's staying down <sighs> so when we have those events those circumstances those you know situations that we could label as a failure it's only a failure if you make agreement with that yeah it's only right if you let it stop you yeah, don't accept you, it. Yeah, if you wear it. Okay, so that didn't work out. What did I learn? How did I grow? What was the gold there for me? Yeah. And then sift through and take those pieces yeah. and then leave the rest in the past. Also, in a failure, it's usually not just you, right? There's environmental yeah. stuff. There's yeah. other people sometimes involved. Yeah. And guess what you just did? You just took all of that and put it on yourself because that's what we like to do, don't we? It's all right. Let me just put this entire blanket on myself and yeah. then cry. Yeah, we own stuff that's not ours to own. It's not ours. It's yeah. not ours. The environmental stuff, the other people, yeah. the uh, anything that happens in a failure, it's usually not just you yeah. that's involved in that failure. It couldn't be. Yeah. So, th- so there would be, here's an interesting question for, for you when you're, as people are listening to this or watching it on YouTube, to yeah. check in with yourself and ask, where am I owning stuff that's not mine to own? And how does that serve me? Yes. How does that serve me? Yes. Yeah. This is not yeah. mine. Always look at what you're worried about, stressed about, you know, uh, having some kind of negative thoughts about, you know, disempowering thoughts, just for one second, take a step back and think, is this all me? Is it all mine? Yeah. Because often it's not. Yes. And that's, if it's somebody else's, that's also okay. I have compassion for people who have stuff going on and they haven't dealt with because I was there. Mm-hmm. So I have compassion. Yes, yeah. absolute 100%. There's no blame. There's absolute compassion, but it's not serving me. Mm-hmm. So I have compassion for myself as well in that mm-hmm. sense. So I will let go with love and say, yeah. okay, this is, yeah. you know, I understand they're not in a place where, you know, I am and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. I will never take, you know, a failure that is maybe 10% me and, you know, maybe 60% someone else and like the rest environmental and just say, oh, oh, this is me. Oh my God, I failed. What am I going to do now? This is a disaster. Yeah. 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 I think it's, it's important to develop that skill where you can actually look at it and take the parts that are yours to learn from and to take ownership of. Yes. Right. Because the, the, the flip side of it is that we could say, oh, it's not my it's not it has nothing to do with me. Right. And yes. then we potentially yes. miss the learning that's there for us exactly. and, and the growth that could be available. And so, Namisha, what were the challenges for you along this journey of waking up and really realizing, oh, I'm in charge of my life here. I get to create my life. I don't need to just like bury myself anymore. Yeah. 
the biggest challenge was that I was in charge. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I am a, I, you know, I am a, a huge believer in the fact that uh, you create your own life. Mm-hmm. Everything that we've created is is due to what the choices we make and everything. Yeah. We don't realize it most of the yeah. time, but that's it's unfortunate. Uh, but here's the thing: now that I was in charge. Uh, I was also in charge of every single decision. I was also in charge of going back and looking at the patterns and being like, how do I change this paradigm? Mm. Otherwise, you know, ignorance is not bliss. Mm -hmm. It's not at all bliss, you know, getting to where you are, what the challenge was, what happened, why did it happen like that? And how can you change your paradigm? Mm. That's bliss. Because Mm -hmm. after that, everything that you decide, I'm not saying think about every single decision in your head over and over again. Yeah, that's not helpful. (laughs) No, sometimes things are intuitive and you know that your higher self is talking to you and you just take the decision. What I'm saying is that own it. Mm. You know, if I, for example, if I'm working on myself and, you know, I've had a bad day or something and you said something and I reacted to you instead of Mm. responding to you, Mm. I know I'm meant to respond to you. That's what my ideal self wants to do. But I reacted. Yeah. It took a step back, right? Uh, Two steps forwards, one step back. (laughs) But for me to take ownership of that and say, okay, this is what happened. And I did Mm. this. And Mm. to come to you and say, Catherine, this is what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I did not want to react, but I did. Yeah. I should have responded. I wanted to respond. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, yeah. That's me taking ownership of that. Yeah. Now, in the past, you know, sometimes you're just like, it wasn't my fault. I didn't right? do it. You know, yeah. I did that yeah. because I didn't do it. It was all them. Yeah. Um, so to come out of that, you know, mm-hmm. I took ownership of my, my half of right. uh, anything. That so really went. moving out of that victimhood mentality. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. To never say that it wasn't my fault, mm-hmm. um, you know, is is not obviously right as well. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it isn't your fault. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even in that scenario, yeah. we can't just be like, oh, it's their fault. So, you know, yeah. blaming yeah. again. Yeah. My higher self doesn't want to blame. My higher yeah. self wants to have compassion. yeah. And it's really, it's about that responding. And so in those situations, being able to choose how you want to show up to them. Yes. What is, what is the highest version? What is the ideal self? What is my ideal self? How do they show up in this situation? And then when we're off, sometimes we're on course, sometimes we're off course. And so those moments, those times where we're off course, we can notice, oh, crap, I'm totally off course there. What happened here? Oh, wow. That was a <laughs> listen to another Bob Proctor episode, <laughs> oh, right? Yeah, recenter connect with okay, this is the ideal self. This is how yeah. she shows up. And then do I have any, you know, any kind of bits to, to take care of in regards yes. to that? Do I need to use forgiveness for myself? Do I need yes. to make an apology? Do I need to ask for a do over? Yes. And those are the challenges I feel. Yeah. Yeah. To, to be able to to try to maneuver around all of that. I always say, mm-hmm. once you see it, you cannot unsee it. This so once true. you are aware yeah. and conscious. Yeah, go back to sleep. <laughs> Not in so, the same way. Yeah. So none of it, none of it passes you by, you know, yeah. you, you, you acknowledge it all. Yeah. And so that is the challenge. Yeah. And, but it's okay. It's, mm-hmm. I chose it. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so, so if you could, 
you know, from your heart, send a message to yourself in the past or to people listening who are on this journey at whatever point in the journey they're on, what would you want them to know? Or what would you want yourself to know? There's only one thing that I want every single human man, woman, child to know that there is nothing. There is no one like them in this world. Mm. There's only one them. Hmm. There is only one them. Yeah. There is not a single person that's like them in this world. And so that in itself is really powerful. You have been created for a reason, mm-hmm. uniquely created. Yeah. So if you're not going to honor that, then I think that it truly is, um, for me, it truly is a step back if I'm not going to honor that. So every single moment of my life, I want to to spend knowing that I'm unique. I'm me. There's nobody in this world that's like me. And to, to go through life knowing that this is who I am. This special being that's been created and sent on earth to experience this, whatever it is that I'd like to experience. And so if I can have that person believe that, any person believe that, then that validation that they seek from other people, it doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. It doesn't exist. They just don't see you like that. That's okay. You see yourself like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I think the validation that we seek from the outside world is what stops us in our tracks. Mm-hmm. And I, I wish and hope that, you know, it might past self, my future self and my present self continues to believe that, you know, well, there's only one you. So, you know, yeah. And what are you worrying about? Yeah, you were created on purpose. You're meant to be here. There is a reason you're here. So shine your light. Yeah. Uh, Well, thank you so much. I so enjoyed our conversation. And uh, I want to thank everybody for listening and tuning into the podcast. And I would love to ask for your support by subscribing and rating it, um, subscribing to my YouTube channel. And also, if there are elements in the conversations that really resonate for you, let me know. I love getting those messages from you. It absolutely fills my heart with joy. 